0: We're going to continue in our sermon series entitled "Holy Moments," and what we're going to be doing this whole month is we're taking, we're taking the Christmas story and, and we're looking at very specific characters and, and what's going to be uh, happening and how it applies to our lives. And today we're going to be talking about hesitation in Galatians chapter four, verses four and five. It says this: "But when the set time had fully come." God sent his son born to a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Church, many years ago, I was um, on vacation with my family and and an emergency came up and I had to leave vacation and, and I was flying home and I had my laptop and I was I was preparing a sermon on a plane, and and it was one of them small planes. You know what I'm talking about, puddle jumpers, whatever you want to call them, the the prop planes, about 32 people on there. You're like, yeah, can this thing really make it? And and I'm sitting on this plane, and and then a guy sits down beside me, and he's dressed very businesslike. And and, and you know that awkward feeling, especially like if you don't have anyone else beside you, like your family you can talk to. You're like, all right, what's this ride going to be like? This guy sits down, he kind of looks at me, and I'm, I'm sitting there kind of looking at my computer and thinking, I, I don't know, you know, don't talk to me kind of deal. <laughs> and he looked at me, and, and he started telling me what he does, and he was actually one of the guys who was doing the, uh, the, the shell plant that is in Manaca. It was before it was built. And he begins to tell me all about that, and, and I'm kind of, oh, yeah, that's neat, that's cool, da uh, ask a couple questions. And then all of a sudden, here comes the question. The guy asked me, says, what do you do for a living? And I want to tell you, church, every time somebody asks me that, I I, I pause or I hesitate. and, And I'll tell you why. Because I sit there and think, all right, am I up for what comes next? Am I up for it? You know, I've never lied when anyone's asked me that question, but I've been tempted to. Not that I'm embarrassed about the Lord or what it is that I do, but because when I answer this question, the conversation always changes. As soon as I tell them I'm a pastor, it changes things. And so here I am, I'm writing this sermon on a small plane, running out of time, and I tell this guy I'm a pastor, and when I do, I know that one of two things are going to happen. One of two things. First one will be like, oh, praise the Lord, I'm a Christian too, and he'll give me his testimony. Or it dies instantly on the spot, and they just go, oh. Because they're afraid I'm going to Bible beat them on that whole plane ride home. And so this usually prompts me to say some things to kind of steer the conversation. But in this case, I hesitated. And so it died on the spot, and so I took full advantage of the situation, and I worked on that sermon whole ride home. At the end of the trip, the guy's getting up, and he said, hey, it was nice meeting you. And he said, I wish you weren't so busy because I had questions about your God. And I want to tell you, church, at that moment, that guilt just come flooding over top of me, and I was thinking, like, why did I hesitate? I want you to think about this. How many times does God give you an opportunity? I mean, he specifically gives you an opportunity to do something, and you hesitate in doing that certain something. If you don't know what the word hesitate means, Webster's Dictionary defines hesitate as this. It's the pause before saying or doing something, especially through uncertainty. Meaning like, I'm not sure what's going on. And church, for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, if you're a Christian, I can almost promise you that this week or the next few days even, that God is gonna give you multiple opportunities to share the life and the love of your heavenly father. And they will come to you, church. They will come to you in in seemingly uh, normal interactions. Maybe it's the guy on the plane, or maybe it's somebody at Tim Hortons. Maybe it's someone you work with, right? Maybe it's someone you go to school with. It might look like an entirely normal conversation, but in many cases, it's not going to be normal at all. And why is that? Because it's this, church. It's actually a divine appointment from your heavenly Father last night Mary and I we were shopping down at Steubenville Walmart and in the whole day this certain person who comes to church here kept popping into my mind you ever have that they just keep popping into your head and finally I'm just like I'm just going to reach out so I send this person a text message what are you doing and they send me one bag just says shopping so I'm thinking all right yeah it is Christmas time they're out somewhere shopping I'm not kidding you within three or four minutes I come around the corner and boom, that person is in the same store as me, and she looks at me. And she goes, oh, "I know what you did. You saw me a couple hours ago, and you sent me that, I'm trying to be sneaky because I'm a Blakely. That's why I'm being accused of that." And I'm like, no, I'm serious. You've been on my mind and on my heart all day long. I wanted to reach out to you. And and she goes, I ain't coming to church tomorrow. (laughs) She she come right out the gate with it. So we talked about it. But listen, church, I believe with all my heart that was a divine appointment from our Heavenly Father. He laid her on my heart, right? And, And so when God lays someone on your heart, I want to tell you what it is. When you have that divine appointment from your heavenly father, he has the hearts of someone else prepared already to hear the hopes that you have. He's already preparing them. And listen, it only works if you have the boldness to share. If you have the boldness to do it. God lays someone on your heart, you've got to be bold, church. And then there are going to be times, and how many of you you know exactly what I'm talking about, when you actually do feel prompted. I'm talking about God prompts you, and and he prompts you, and you have a choice, church. You have a choice to boldly obey. It's your choice completely. And when you boldly obey, I want you to know this. You will never know how God might use that one moment, church, that one moment of boldness to change somebody else's life. You never know. How God might use that one moment, I'm talking about that one word of faith, that one moment of boldness to change somebody else's life. So this coming week, I want you to think about this. This coming week, for those of you who are Christians, I want you to know you're going to have prompting. You're either going to respond boldly boldly, or you're going to hesitate and you're going to do nothing. And so today that's exactly why we're talking about hesitation. That's what the sermon topic is, and today we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, if you'll look at this with me, if you're in your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at the story of Mary and Joseph, of course, that's what we've been talking about this whole month, and they gave birth to their son Jesus already, the son of God who was born in a manger, the Bible tells us, and we're going to pick it up in Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 10, read along with me. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. So Jesus has been born, right? So the angel appears to the shepherds in an absolutely amazing way, right? And so the angel makes this prophetic declaration. And what's interesting to me, is this prophetic declaration. I'm talking about this world-changing, this history-altering moment, right? This all came, church, 400 years of silence. It came after 400 years of silence, the last time that God had spoken was through the prophet Malachi. And if you're from Elkhorn Valley, it's Malachi, okay? One kid said it's an Italian ice cream is what he told me it was. But in Malachi chapter four, right, if you're looking at this, Malachi chapter four, verse six, it says this, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and to the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. He's talking about the day of judgment right here, but God was sending someone. God was sending someone to help us to be prepared for when the judgment day comes. Now God's speaking again. Let's go back to Luke chapter two. God's speaking again, but what's wild here, what's really wild is that this angel, so on behalf of God, this angel speaks, right? He's speaking for God. He didn't announce the birth of the Savior to the king. He didn't announce the birth of the Savior to the elite or to anyone who is in power or with power, right? But instead, the angel announced it to the shepherds tending their sheep at night. And church, if you know anything at all about first century shepherds, their status in society was really, really low. So it raises the question, why in the world the shepherds? Why did God choose those shepherds? And what we know during this time of history, okay, what we know exactly, most shepherds, they were despised people, right? They had very little or no respect whatsoever in society, and they had four issues were against them. And, and that they weren't trusted at all. They were a people that weren't trusted. And the first issue that they had is, is they weren't even allowed to testify in court. Because if there was a crime that was witnessed by a shepherd, they couldn't even testify in court because their word was not valid because nobody would trust a shepherd. And the second thing that they had against them was this. They rarely could sell property. See, they weren't buying and selling something. If you were buying something from a shepherd, you're, you would just think it was hot that it was stolen that it was you know no good so they couldn't buy and sell easily and third they were ceremonially unclean they they were considered unworthy for temple worship because they're dirty They, they were unclean and so if you had a heart for a shepherd and you know i want to invite him to church and he wouldn't be allowed in because he was considered unclean and the fourth thing is this that they had against him They were known as social outcasts. I'm talking about the bottom rung. I mean, there was nobody lower than the shepherds. They were considered even lower than the prostitutes. Some parents, right, you know, they're walking down the street. Here comes the shepherd this way. They grab their kid. Ooh, don't look at him. Don't even walk on the same side of the street. That's how low it was. But we see in Luke chapter 2, in Luke chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, that God chose shepherds out of every single type of person on the earth. Church, I'm talking about unpolished, unremarkable. I'm talking about uneducated shepherds. And he chose them to declare the greatest news in history of the world, that a Savior has been born. See, the moment that the shepherds heard the news, I like this, there was no hesitation. Check out verse 15 with me. It says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I love this. There was absolutely no hesitation whatsoever. They weren't holding back. You know, there was, there was no, let's think about it. There was no, you know, the, the token phrase, Oh, I'm going to pray about it for a while, I'll let you know. No, there was none of that. They just say, Let's see it. We're ready to go see this. See, there was no no hesitation on their part whatsoever. So the Lord sent this angel. The Lord sent an angel to tell them to go, and they did not hesitate at all, and they went. The Bible says this in verse 16. It says, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. The Bible said they hurried. They hurried, they didn't hesitate, they didn't hold back at all. And what should be one of my greatest prayers, actually what should be one of your greatest prayers as well is that church, you and I, we get rid of this spiritual hesitation that we have in our lives. Where God is speaking to us and 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 he's calling on us and yet we hesitate, right? You know, I'm praying that there would be a sense of urgency, that there would be a a sense of anticipation in our lives, anticipating and and a sense of urgency of what is coming. I would love it, church. I would love this so much. If people would just say, I want to be the first one at church Sunday. I want to be the very first one there because, you know what? I want to be the first one in the church because I want to feel the presence of God even longer than I do. I wish people would say, I don't want to just go to church with my family I want to bring somebody with us because every time we are there God does something and I want other people to see it I want other people to experience right I would love it church if we would recognize just like they did in the New Testament I'm talking very early on that Jesus is coming back soon that he's coming back soon and and I don't know how you look at things I don't know how you're thinking about things, but the way things are going on in the world, I mean, I believe with all my heart that he is coming back soon. I'm talking soon. And I don't want to hesitate. I don't want to hesitate what it is that God has called me to. I don't want the church to hesitate what he's called us to, right? I want us to have a sense of urgency. I'm talking urgency. I want us to, to get some people to church so that they can hear the good news. Do you realize that what we are celebrating in the next couple of weeks We are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ and how he came to save the world. And according to church experts, I've always wondered what makes you a church expert. You just say, I'm a church expert. I don't know. But according to church experts, this is the most likely time of year that people will respond to an invitation to church. In the entire year itself, this is the one time where most people will respond, say, yeah, I'll go to church. I want to hear from God. It's an invitation to get closer to God. And I pray for all of us that God places a sense of urgency in our hearts. I'm praying that God, for God to give us a heart for those who are far away from him, for those who don't know him, that God will give us eyes so that we can see the interaction, that we can invite, and that we can bring someone to church with us so they can be exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because listen, church, you have no idea what God might do through a moment of boldness to change somebody else's life. You have no idea. So scripture tells us right there, without hesitation, right, they, they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the, ma- in the manger. So they took off to see baby Jesus. And then check out verses 17 and 18 with me. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened. And when the angel had said to them about this child, all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. So they saw this baby. And what did they do? The Bible says they ran and they told everyone. They told everyone. You know, a lot of times when I preach up here, I have had so many of you guys, you come to me like, Preacher, you really hit me in the stomach hard, or you stepped on my toes, you punched me in the mouth. Well, I'm warning you right now, it's coming, okay? Prepare yourself. Block the shot if you want to, but it's coming at you. Why is it that we, as believers in Jesus Christ, the church, we have no hesitation running around talking about other people we even disguise it in prayer sometimes hey you need to pray for jimmy because let me tell you what jimmy's doing but yet we hesitate on telling everyone about the good news of jesus christ we need to ask for forgiveness for that church we do because we are so quick to tell about everybody else but we are not as quick to tell other people about jesus so the Bible says the shepherds told everyone. And don't miss this for a minute. Don't miss the fact that it took courage for them to do this. See, they were a despised people group. People did not like the shepherds. They were an overlooked people. You know, they couldn't go to the church kind of people because they were unclean, the Bible says. So don't overlook the courage it took for these guys to share that good news. But they boldly shared the good news of the birth of the Savior. And they had actually every reason to hesitate. They, they, they were nobodies. People didn't like them. People didn't believe them. People would, would have been saying, yeah, you know they're lying. You know that ain't true. They, they would have thought that these guys, who aren't even worthy. These guys are not even worthy to carry such a message. So think about this. The next time that you are tempted to hesitate, church, And you know what I'm talking about because we are all tempted to hesitate. I want to remind you because we all do it. We're all tempted to hesitate. And why do we do it? Why do we hesitate? It's because we feel insecure. We feel insecure about it. It's like we start talking about this, and then you're like, yeah, but what if they ask me a question? and I'm not gonna be able to answer it, then I'm gonna look stupid. I wanna tell you the very first thing I learned how to do, and I learned it really well when I became a pastor, is that I had to learn how to say, I don't know. Somebody asked me a question, I'm bold about it. I have no idea, but I tell you what, we'll look for it together. We're gonna find that answer, I don't know, because I don't know everything that's in this book. I'm still learning and so are you. And so you have to be able to say that answer to people. Don't you dare hesitate because you don't have all the answers. You might have some of the answers, you actually might have the answer that they need to hear at that very moment, but you're hesitating and you're not doing it, so they're not gonna get it. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. Maybe we hesitate because we don't wanna be pushy. There's some of you, you call it pushy, right? You don't wanna be pushy. You don't wanna be that, we don't wanna be weird, we don't wanna be that annoying Christian, so we kinda just sit back, listen, when your life is changed by Jesus, Think about this. When your life is changed by Jesus, when your sins have been forgiven, when all that stuff that you don't want anyone else to know about is gone, when you are made new, church, when you are born into the family of God, when you inherit all of God's glorious riches and you didn't do anything to deserve it, that is something that we should not be able to keep to ourselves. We should be willing to tell every single person one time down at church camp, we were down there, and there was this there was this little guy. He was having a hard time, probably fourth grader, having a really hard time. He 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 wanted to go home, and that always happens. That, that's like a disease that spreads at church camp. And he's he's kind of whining, he's moping along. I pulled pull beside. I'm gonna give him the pep talk. You're he like, hey, listen, buddy, you're here because your parents don't want you at home right now. I want you here. <laughs> you ain't going home, so you might as well make the best of it. Right? And I learned a long time ago, gum cures a lot of things, church. I always have gum with me. I pull out my gum and say, "Hey, you want a piece of gum?" But don't tell everybody, because I don't have enough for this whole camp. And so he livened up a little bit and sent him on his way. I want to tell you, within ten minutes, I had thirty kids coming up. me. You got any gum? Gun and gum? You know why? Because that boy, he was going out and he was telling everyone where he got his gift of gum. Church, do you understand? The gift that God has given you, it's way better than a stick of gum. And we should be out there telling everybody, just like that little boy at camp, telling everybody, here's what I got and here's where I got it. That's what we're called to do. See, when it's on the front of your mind, do you realize you can keep something on the front of your mind? But We keep a lot of things that we shouldn't on the front of our mind. Like, I'm angry at so-and-so since second grade. It's been 45 years, but I still don't like them. You keep that on the front of your mind, don't you? You keep maybe that I'm struggling on the front of your mind. But do you understand, when you keep on the front of your mind, and you should, what Jesus Christ did for you, When you keep it right there in the front, what he is to you, what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be filled with the spirit of God, what it means for God, for Jesus to direct your paths, the fact that you know that your life is not your own, that you exist to worship and glorify him. When you keep that on the front of your mind, that you are called to shine his light, that your life is forever different, that you are called to be a voice of hope, church, in this dark world, When you understand all that, you don't care what anybody thinks about you and you just can't hold back when you keep it on the front of your mind. See, it is that attitude that I've been changed by Jesus Christ and I'm excited about it. See, the shepherds told everyone and I mean everyone, the Bible says. Everyone they came in contact with, the shepherds told them about it. And so the Messiah, the one that we've been praying for, he is here. And, and we're saying, man, you got to know this. You've got to see this. He's here. We've been waiting for so long. And so with urgency, the Bible says, they proclaimed to everyone. And the scripture says in this verse that the people were astonished. I'm talking the Bible, they were blown away by this news that they heard. When is the last time that you and I thought about this? Think about it. when was the last time, I'm talking about like you stepped back and you thought, you know, the gospel, the fact of, of God's goodness, you know, I'm talking about his love, I'm talking about his mercy, the fact that it covers all of our sins. Did you hear what I said, church? All of them. All of our sins, that it, this amazing thing that we can actually be right with God, that he will take all the junk all the junk that we said, all the junk that we did, all the junk that we even thought of, and that he can wipe it away. That Jesus loves us while we were still sinners. Well, I want to explain that to you. While you were still sinners, right, he gave his life for us. It 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 means it doesn't matter that you you don't have to get to a certain level, that you were in the middle of your sin and, and he still died for you. He didn't say, well, I'm going to die for the people who are almost there. He didn't say, I'm going to die for the people who have arrived. He said, "While we were all still sinners that Christ gave his life for us. And so what was the message? It was bold, and the shepherds were telling everybody. They're saying, you know, the virgin that was prophesied 700 years ago, that virgin gave birth to a son and his name is Jesus. And he came to save all the people, all the people from their sins. And their message was easy, church. It was simple, it was clear. Do you understand God's word? God's word is really and truly, it's simple. There isn't any codes to unlock. There isn't any codes. There's no hidden verses that you gotta really dig into. It's a simple, straight and clear message. And the message is this, that God reached down, church so that you could be lifted up. How many of you need lifted up today? That God took our sins, so that we could actually take his righteousness. That Jesus was born into poverty, so that we could experience his eternal riches. And that God, this is the wild part, that God didn't announce this message to royalty in a palace but to the shepherds who were the outcasts in the field. And he did this. Church, he did this so the world would know that nobody is too far from God's reach. Nobody. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. You are not too far from God's reach. Listen, nobody is too low. For God's love, maybe you're sitting there saying, preacher, I'm pretty low right now. I don't feel any love from him. Listen, you are not too low for God's love. you got to practice his presence. Listen, there is no sin too great for God's grace. I don't care what you've done. There is forgiveness there. God will offer you grace. See, listen, he looked out. He looked out to those who were despised, to those who were overlooked, I'm talking about these guys were rejected by the world. God chose these lowly shepherds, didn't he? Why did God choose them? Because God often chooses the unlikely. He often chooses the unlikely to choose the extraordinary. That's what he does. He'll choose the unlikely to do something extraordinary in, in the world. And he often chooses people just like you and me. He'll choose people just like us. He chooses people who don't feel educated enough. He chooses people who don't feel holy enough. He chooses people who don't even feel worthy enough. Church, he calls us. He calls me. He calls you. And what I really love is he prompts us. Because you know what? We aren't always the smartest, are we? We need to be prompted. He needs to tell us, here's what I want you to do. And I want to tell you this morning, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, I promise you that he's going to prompt you. There will be a guy on a plane. There will be a coworker, There will be a family member. There will be a new kid at school. There you'll be your neighbor. I'm talking about one that you'd rather pray for than talk to, right? You know who I'm talking about. You're going to have multiple opportunities. And if you have the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and more than anything, a heart to care. God is going to prompt you. He's going to prompt you in a mighty way, and then you have no idea. Listen to me. You have no idea how God might use one moment of boldness to change someone else's life, or you might hesitate. I want to encourage you to take this message out this morning. I'm talking about no more hesitation. Man, when you think about this story, I'm talking about the angel announced the birth of the Savior. The angel announced the birth of the Savior and who knew about the birth of the Savior? (coughs) There was Mary, right? She was there. (coughs) There was Joseph. He didn't do much. Bible says he was a good man. And then there were some uneducated, unlikely, unkept shepherds who told everyone about the birth of Jesus Christ. As I ask the praise team to come up here this morning, I wanna fast forward on you now. I wanna fast forward to today. I'm talking 2,000 plus years later. Because of the boldness of a few unlikely shepherds, today we share this story. I wanna encourage you this morning to feel the weight and the joy of that. That you have no idea how God might use that one moment of boldness in your life. Because listen, He will. God will use you in mighty ways if you will let him. I'm talking about one moment. So here's what I want you to do today. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. We prayed this before, but we're going to do it a little bit different today. I want to encourage you to pray today. God, make me bold. Make me bold, Lord. Make me bold. And when you pray that, church, you better be ready. When you pray that, Lord, make me bold, you better be ready because you're going to see more opportunities. You're going to see more opportunities to do what it is that God has called you to do. So do you realize that the Savior is here? I mean, he's here. We're no longer waiting for his birth. But I tell you what, we're waiting for him to return, aren't we? And he's going to come completely differently. It's gonna be completely different when he comes back the second time. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. We're all gonna just, we're gonna pray silently together. We're we're gonna literally, right now, we're we're gonna bow our heads, we're gonna close our eyes, and I'm gonna ask you, for you to pray, God, make me bold. And you might be sitting there saying, Preacher, this is silly. Go ahead and close your eyes then. You can take a quick nap if you want to. But I wanna encourage you. God wants to use you. And I believe every single person here needs some boldness to be used because it's hard to be used. So right now we're gonna pray just quietly. Just bow your heads and pray with me. Ask for that boldness. as you finish up your prayer of asking God to be bold, I wanna encourage you and remind you this morning, the Savior is here. The Savior is here. So you might wanna start talking like he's here. I mean, you might wanna start talking to your depression and say, you know what, the Savior is here and get some help. I'm talking about you might declare to your hurt and your pain, you know, the Savior is here And there's an opportunity for me. You you will want to tell your sins. You're going to want to tell your shame and your sorrows. Guess what? The Savior is here. And I've been set free. And you know what the Bible tells us? Who the Son sets free is free indeed. And for those of you who are sitting here today and you're hesitating, I want you to know the Savior is coming back. He is coming back. And I don't know when it is, but I personally, this is my personal opinion, I believe it's soon. And so there's no time for hesitation. I'm talking about eternity for some of you is at risk. I'm talking about being separated from your heavenly father for eternity. You can't even fathom how long that is. So it's time to be bold, church. It's time to take him up on his offer. The fact that you have a savior who is calling you out and saying, I want to make a difference in your life. I'm talking about you change. That you submit yourself to him. Man, if you are sitting here today and you are living your life outside of Jesus Christ, I want to tell you, he is hounding you. He's chasing you down. That, That thing that you're feeling right now, that's him and he's calling you out and he's wanting you to take him up on the offer. And it comes like this church that you just submit to him. You stop, you stop chasing the the world and you turn around and you face him. You admit who you are and how you struggle. You ask for that forgiveness in that area. And the Bible says he will make you brand new. Church, who doesn't like brand new? That he will make you brand new. And listen, here's what you do follow him in Christian baptism, and then you go out and live your life as a changed man or a changed woman. It's where people look at you and say, there's something different about you. You bet there is. There's something hugely different about me. I've got something that I gotta tell you. And you take that boldness that he gives you and you share that story. Because time is fleeting and there are a lot of people, do you realize outside of these four walls, there are a lot of people dying and going to hell every single day. And they don't have to and sometimes it's because that it, we're not doing our job church so this morning if god is calling you out that you need to be saved i want to encourage you to come forward and the rest of you bible believing christians who are here i want you to understand you got a job to do you take the example of the shepherds and you go out and you boldly proclaim what jesus christ has done in your life how he saved you and if you've been a christian a long time you're like man i've forgotten I've completely gotten off path. Man, I am not even living out the life that I profess to live. Guess what? It is never too late to come home. Never too late to come home. He will welcome you back every single time. So how about it, church? Let's stand together and let's sing. And I want to encourage you to respond this morning.